Hey, good evening. Let's talk, um, family. And this is uh, one of our interviews that we've been wanting to do for for a minute. But you know, as they say, time and place always has to line up. And tonight we have a very talented young lady, uh, Blue King. Hello. Hi. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Just at home, surrounded by snacks and books. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what else is that? What else is there to do? You, um, I know a lot of times you're writing and, and, and doing what you need to do. Um, so if you're not writing, you're not at a performance, what else could you do but relaxing and just chilling out? Exactly. Well, I also go to school full time. I'm a student at University of Memphis. So okay, let's 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 let's, dis let's discuss that. Um, like I told you before. From a prior show you were on, I have a friend. I have a very good friend down in Memphis, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Explain, explain to us who Blue, the Blue King, is, and everything. Well, the Blue King is. Mm, it is a name. I'm not going to call it a persona because it's not like a whole separate personality. It is who I am, but just. I just have a name for it now. And the name came from um, a little phrase that I would say, like, I am more, playing off my last name, I am more than any queen, but not yet a pharaoh. Mm. So mm. I'm like, so my last name is more, so I like to like put that into my poetry and stuff as well. So it kind of, when you started using it, it stuck with you and then it was catchy, like, and then, um, you know, I get. I would presume blue is one of your favorite colors. It is. You see, you got the blue crown and everything. Yeah. Like I take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. So you you explained that you you originally from Kentucky, right? No, I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ch yeah, Ch Chattanooga. I knew it was. I apologize for that. I said Kentucky, thinking bluegrass country, right? Oh, um, no, no, no. <laughs> so, so you're originally from Chattanooga. How did you make your way to Memphis? Like, what was that? journey uh was it for school some other stuff or just no no i'll tell like the medium sized version of it um i was living down in chattanooga and i was actually getting ready to go to nursing school while i was down there but um my sister had called me she called me one day and she was just in a panic in a complete and total panic and my sister's not the type of person in that panic she was a very very calm level-headed individual so she called me in a panic and she said, you have to move here. You have to move to Memphis right now. You have to move to Memphis. Long story short, um, I wound up packing everything that I had, including the cat that I had at the time, into the backseat of my car, drove to Memphis and never went back. Left all my furniture, left a whole apartment worth of stuff and just moved and changed my whole life. You just... Wow, is your sister still? In, uh, is your sister in Memphis still? Yeah, she's here oh. in Memphis, and she now has like a like a baby boy, and he's a wonderful. So like, we're trying to move everybody else up here with us. So we trying to like stick around for a little bit. So ex explain the difference in you know for a person that has never been to Tennessee, the difference between Chattanooga and Memphis. Okay, Memphis is dangerous. 
everything that they say about Memphis is very, very true. It is very, very dangerous here, number one. But the food is amazing. And you're going to meet people that you've never, that hopefully will open your mind and change your mind to like how you view your own life because poverty is real here. People really be going through stuff here. People really genuinely be struggling here and it helps you, at least for me, I learned to appreciate the life that I have like a lot more just by living in this city versus Chattanooga. It is like a tourist town. It's beautiful. Mountains everywhere. It's a river going through it. It's like always like festivals and stuff going on down there. Everybody's genuinely friendly. Everybody actually wants to be nice to you. (laughs) And Memphis is just it's an experience, to say the least. One of one of the things and how we met is between the um, the poetry corner and yeah. Memphis is very. I think a lot of people like um, that's not from down that way hear Memphis and and know that um, civil rights movement came through there, but they don't really understand the rich, rich history of you know Ida B. Wells is originally from Memphis. They'll think mm-hmm. she's from Chicago, but she. Memphis is a home, and I mean, a lot of artists has came through there. And being that you're a poet, does it feel like you fit right in with the rich history? I, the thing is that I, I haven't been able to connect with the history as well as I have want as, as well as I thought that I would be able to. Memphis people are very to themselves when it comes down to it, and. I haven't been exposed to like the poetry world like the way that I had thought that I would be. And but maybe it's only because it's only been like a couple months. But mm-hmm. the little bit that I have seen, um, it's beautiful, it's powerful. Like the paper the way that people use their words and just to express themselves, it's it's a beautiful and magical thing. Like it's I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, def- definitely. So what what are you what are you, well I have I'm gonna play one of your poems. I thought this was really um I I got you really I got it's funny because I captured this poem and I got you in a moment where you was uh being you know one thing I I noticed about when I looked at your IG, I looked at some of your work was your poems and how you come across the authenticity of it. Like a lot of people would do a poem and then like, well, I don't like the way that came out. Let me do it two, three times. And I caught one where you just was like, check this one out. <laughs> yeah. Superseding death herself. I've been to the other side. Darkness was all I saw. But this little light of mine, this heartbeat raged through it all. Blue and white flames now dwell in my very soul. It fuels my steps to excellence. See, I have lived a life so tragic that my soul refuses to acknowledge the pain. I have been a witness to my own death so many times that the devil and God himself have taught me how to commune with their favorite angel the best. That's one of them. You got another one coming up. Stare her deep in her eyes. Oh, that's all the same one. She has lost, they speak. Teach this darkness how to fight like a Marine. Teach this darkness how to endure like a woman. Show her what it takes to be Ashley. Talk to me, talk to me about um, that poem. 
uh, superseding death, I think that um, speak to that. Speak to why you chose to write a poem about death. Well, I wrote that poem. Um, I actually literally just did like an informative speech about my poetry for class, like and turned it in last night. <laughs> so it's real fresh in my head. Great. Um, the reason why I actually got into poetry and started poetry in all complete honesty and rawness is because I had a mental breakdown. Like I had a literal mental breakdown here in these streets, running around, kicking doors in, doing all types of mess. And it wasn't until I landed myself into a psychiatric hospital where I learned about creative writing. So mm -hmm. that poem is about me seeing like the darkness of everything, like the darkness within my life, like everything that could have went wrong, went wrong, because it was, it was just a whole year of pain and struggle. And it was because I wasn't, I didn't know how to handle my mental health. I didn't know how to take care of myself properly. So the poem speaks about how the devil and God both spoke to me. Like during that time, I, I saw, I was seeing like, it was like I was in warfare, like spiritual warfare. I had the devil at one end, all the demons saying like, oh no, you one of us, you cool with us. And then the angel's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Come here, be with us. Come to the light. And I'm just in the middle like, I'm cool with everybody though. <laughs> so... In the poem, like I just, I felt like I was learning how to commune with the spirits around me, learning how to deal with the chaos that was my life and learning how to cope with it in the best way it possibly could. So it wasn't like my literal death. Like I wasn't like literally out here like suicidal to that extent, but I was going through like personal things that felt like certain things were dying off my life. Certain people were dying off my life because I was going through so much mental stuff. Um, that's what that poem means. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it, it's good that you know, it's good that you could talk about it and be able to share it and understand that um, what you were going through was right, perfect, perfectly normal. We all we all go through a, a period of time where you kind of like you know you're going through that internal battle of um, the struggle, the struggle, the struggle mm -hmm. of just life, dealing with life and so much moving parts going on that you really don't right. have no, and I'm quite sure you learned that um, those things that you can't control, you just, you can't control them. <laughs> I mean, you could feel them, but you might not, you can't control them. So it's nothing you could really um, do about it. So I, I thought that poem was very interesting. Um, so you started, this is, this is what got you into poetry, like going through that breakdown. Going through a mental breakdown, and I I had transitioned, like, actually, I had transitioned from the military, and it was, like, my first year out of the Navy, so going from Ooh. a completely structured, and everything is planned out for you from the time that you wake up to, I have this crazy husband, <laughs> and I'm just supposed to make my own plans for myself, it was awful, I did not handle any of the things well, like, whatsoever, <laughs> and um, during that time span, like I had also, I went through a divorce. I had lost a child. I landed in the hospital. It was a lot of things that happened within that 12 month time span that gave me, I guess, not necessarily, well, I guess content <laughs> to write about because, um, the, out of the eight books that I have, I had one of them that was stolen. 
that was like right there in the thick of all of that stuff that I was writing right in the thick of and it was stolen from me and I was just I was just utterly heartbroken. It was like the worst thing in the world. But I mean you're like a you're like a um a interview dream because you kind of like segue me into my next question about the about authorship. Well talk to me yeah. about authorship. Eight, eight books. Yeah, like all so my some, somebody was doing a lot of writing. <laughs> I was like, let me let me show you. <laughs> I got them. Oh, so I have all these that I've written, wow. <laughs> and some of them are books about lessons learned some of them are books about just experiences that i've had in life some of them are like literal like just regular journals some of them are poetry books like i just write i write for whatever reasons expire whatever inspires me whatever conversations inspire me whatever people inspire me events inspire me just the beauty of the world, non-conventional beauty inspires me. So I just jot it on down. And... You know, um, one, of things, <laughs> one of the things with being um, an artist is I had the, I'm an avid writer, writer, excuse me. I'm an avid reader. I, mm -hmm. I read a lot and, um, you know, I've been exposed to you guys world, the poetry world through my cousin in the poetry corner, met a lot of dope poets as well as yourself. And one of the things that I noticed is that you guys, you, I don't think I don't think um, a lot of people understand that you guys are artists. Mm -hmm. You guys are creators, um, and I could tell from your energy and you just writing and being a, a student of life, as I would say, being able yeah. to mm -hmm. ex express that and write what you see, write how you feel. That's not. I can't do that. I could read it. But I probably wouldn't be able to write it. Yeah, that's a that's a it, gift that I think that um. Did you ever think about being a published author? Yes, I actually in this book, this book, <laughs> this book I plan on publishing fully and completely. I just haven't typed it. Just <laughs> I just haven't typed it up because everything that I do is handwritten. Like I don't really like being on my phone and like typing up a phone my phone it doesn't on my phone it doesn't feel like it's authentic it doesn't feel like blue blue they got all types of stuff all you gotta do is say it and type the words for you now they got all types of programs definitely on google all you gotta do right. is just say it and google will type it out for you uh correct your spelling and everything i might need to find something like that and then also with my schedule being so full like i'm in school full time so i just i probably just haven't like plucked at the time to actually get it everything right and together like I need to. So maybe this so, is the the, the so fire. You were in the, so you were in the Navy. You you went took that trip to Chicago. Yes I did. Yes, and, uh, I did. how long did you serve? Not very long. I was on the end for about two and a half years and I got discharged from the medical discharge. And when I got out it was it was I I <sighs> I regretted the decision like literally a week later. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well, I I'll just tell you, you know, even though it was two and a half years, um, thank you and we appreciate you for your service. Um, whether it was a day, that's a lot. That's more than I've done, and that's a lot to willingly say that you're ready to defend people that 
can't defend themselves. Whether it's like I said, how long, however long you stayed. So you regretted leaving? I did. Because I was about to go see the world. And I had came home to this husband of mine. And we were just chaos. Like, we were just, I mean, that's just the, the definition of our relationship. It was just chaos. And <laughs> I came home. And <laughs> I was like, I should have stayed up in the rings. Like, I should have stayed in somebody's rings. I should have stayed in somebody's barracks. I should have just stayed in a boat. <laughs> like, I should have just did all those things. But well, that's that's an unfortunate situation. And sometimes, you know, because you were away, um, probably you guys probably got along. And then when you came home, it was like, ugh, now we got to get I... used to knowing each other all over again. And you were so routine. Everything was disciplined. Everything was, like you said, having that structure. Um can be quite a culture shock again for you. It was. It went from in the military, they treat you like you're a, a weed versus being a civilian, everybody is a pretty little flower. So like that shock, I'm like, wait, I'm special now? Like, wait, like <laughs> y'all supposed to care about me now? Like, oh my gosh, people want to know what's going on with me. So it was a, it was a huge shock transitioning over from being cussed out every single day, all day, to just oh, I'm making my own decisions. <laughs> like I don't I don't gotta deal with this. <laughs> just, I didn't I didn't realize that I did I had got so accustomed to like the abuse, like the utter, like the 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 ugh, ugh. Just I could I can't imagine going back to it now. Yeah. But then, like, I was really accustomed to, like, I was a real rough girl out here in these streets. Like, I was real tough, and you know, the Navy it's, it's, had made me that way. It's, it's, it's crazy because um, I can I can identify to that experience a little bit. Not not the Navy, but you were you basically learned to shut off emotion. And when you came back to society, you had to feel, smell touch and think again and it was like hold up i ain't used to this like, i'm rigid it was like, <laughs> it was like sensory I, overload sensory overloads too much <laughs> well i got one more poem i want to know who this poem too because this poem come to me search look hard and long find me please I've been searching for you for so long. Look harder. I know you are near. I can feel it, but I can't see you. Here. I wish I could meet me through your eyes. Peace. What do you see when you look at me? When you look into me? Us? Eyes so dark we can only stand to examine each other from a distance. Only smells can be absorbed this close-up. Perfection. Touch is felt hours and days later. <laughs> that poem is titled Letters on that to one. the That poem is titled Letters <laughs> to the King. The Queen uh, was writing a letter to the King. <laughs> this is before my crown grew and I became who I am now. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
you know, I don't I don't know your personal life. I'm just I'm just joking around. But now the queen is on her throne by herself. It don't have to be no king. She ain't no letters going on. But I, I don't know. I just that's what I, it was about. I missed like, the, fun, the first clip of it. You were laughing when you first started the poem. And I kind of didn't missed up on the part. But um I, I really appreciated that poem. I thought that poem was nice. Explain, you know, the mindset and your thoughts going into that. Oh, the person that I wrote that poem about, my goodness. <laughs> I was speaking to a specific person and during this time that 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 guy took me through it, took me through it. Like and um I'm not gonna say how I met him, I'm not even gonna say this, it's tragic, but <laughs> The guy, he was, he would emotionally mess with me, just like screw my head and screw up my emotions like all the time. And he would say, we would have like four hour long conversations about everything. And he would say these poetic, beautiful things to me, but he would say it without using like so many words. Like, and then when I was around him, it was like all body language. Like he was like super minimal in his vocabulary and his vernacular when he spoke to me. So basically, that poem was a conversation between me and him, like the the short like the short answers that he would give to me with the questions that I would ask him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> needless to say, at the end it didn't work out. But I'm grateful for the experience. I'm grateful that I pulled something beautiful out of all that chaos. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole, Nicole wasn't here. Um, she didn't see the beginning. Blue. She asked. She asked how you got your name again. I actually wrote, if you don't mind, I actually wrote a poem about okay. the name okay. of Luke King. Okay. And I just wrote this um, like two days ago, and it just came to me on the fly when I was in the car, and I was like, oh, I got to write this down right now. So this poem is for you, Nicole, <laughs> so you can know who, who I am. And um, it is called, Who is the Blue King? Welcome to my little world filled with all my dreams and accomplishments. For I am the blue king. Insanity taught me. Pain strengthened me. And blessings followed me. I am the blue king. Meaning I am as gentle as I am strong. I am the blue king. Meaning I move as I please. No escort needed. I am the blue king. Meaning I walk with my fully adorned crown held high and with my chest out. I am the blue king. Meaning I am loyal and truthful to self first. I am the blue king. Meaning I am more than any queen, but in training to be a pharaoh. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Snap, snap. Wow. Um, you know, it's go, going back to your letters to the king, right? Um, you know, not to, not to, like I said, to ask you no know, questions that definitely you don't feel like answering and definitely bring up bad I'm moments. An open book. But, I'm an open but book. you know, when you, when you, when you look back at poems like that and then you say, damn, it's out in the universe. He had my poem on the show and he read and I heard it and it's like, I'm so much a different person now than I was when I wrote it. Explain that experience when you when you look back at it now. So 
I like to see these nifty little journals of mine as like time capsules. And they're like time capsules back to a time where I can see where I was emotionally, where I was mentally, who I was entangled with, like all of those things. So it's like, it's a bit like nostalgic for me, like getting to look back like, wow, like you really went through a lot of unnecessary stuff. Like, but I'm grateful for all of you because I'm like, that's what your 20s are made out of. Your 20s are supposed to be your chaos. Like it's supposed to be utter chaos and noise. <laughs> I'm figure, trying to figure life out. Right. And my 20s, if I could describe it with like, at least with this first book that I wrote, it is, it was very colorful. It was very bright. It was very noisy. And I'm grateful for all the experiences that I went through in writing this from the poems that my ex-husband has wrote about me, from the poems that I wrote about my sisters, the the poems, like, oh my goodness, like, just being able to look at this, like, it, it, it touches me to be able to see, like, how far I've come and how far I've grown and how much I've matured as a woman and how I've matured as a writer and a poet, so. So let me, let me ask you a question. I don't always ask people this, but I'm going to put you on the spot with one of my questions. Okay. Poetry in your left hand, pineapples in your right hand. Oh. <laughs> I got to choose? You got to choose one. I will choose the poetry because I can always write about my love and yearning for pineapples. And it'll be Explain <laughs> that because I think that when the first time you came on a poetry corner, you said it, you was like, I love pineapples. And I'm like, you threw me off. And then, <laughs> and then I started following you on social media. And I'm like, yo, she really loves pineapples. This is, this is something this is who you are. This is part of what you, it who is. you are. It's like, I love pineapple. <laughs> explain that. What what happened with that? Like, that's a childhood thing or just... It kind of just started one day. Like, I just kind of woke up and I'm like, yeah, like, I really like that fruit. And I started doing, like, research on it, like, meaning, like, like in Hawaii, the pineapple represents welcome. It, wel- it represents warmth. It welcomes, It represents home. And I started like applying that to myself. I'm like, I want my own spirit to feel welcoming, to feel like a home to somebody. And it just stuck with me. And then like, I have this wonderful crown that looks like a pineapple that sticks up all over the place. (laughs) I'm like, I'm yellow like a pineapple. I am the pineapple. (laughs) One one of the most healthiest things anybody could eat too. Pineapple is- I don't eat them as much as people think really? that I do. I actually prefer eating watermelon over over pineapples. I'll that's eat them both. Don't don't worry about it. I'll, <laughs> eat, I'll eat watermelon more. That's just as good. <laughs> now, full time college student, at the University of Memphis. Yes, I. Well, wow. um, explain that experience. What's the, you got a major already, or you didn't have to? Uh... Supply chain management is my major. Um, my goal is to open up a warehouse two warehouses one day. I want to open up a warehouse either here in Memphis or in Arkansas, and I want to open up a second, larger warehouse in Seattle, Washington. So, Seattle's my favorite city. It is my favorite city in the whole entire world. I've traveled all over the place. Excuse me. I've traveled all over the place, but 
Seattle brings me the most like calm. It just calms my spirit being there. So I'm like, I have it, to live there. I'm actually, <laughs> is, is it because typically the Seattle, because it's the you know Pacific Northwest, laid back? Is that it? It is. And then the forest, like the, I love nature. I love how wet it is out there and how green it is. I love like trees and nature. And it's like so many hiking spots like, that you can go to, like the mountains, all the places and the culture there. Like the, the culture is so beautiful. Like, the people are so friendly. I don't know if it's because they're like high on weed all the time or if they're just genuinely friendly people. But either way, I, I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. But I, I love like the um, Native American culture that's out there. It's it's like the reservations. I got I got a chance to go and visit one of the reservations when I was out there, and it was one of the most beautiful things I think I've ever seen in my life. And I'm mean, actually was that was that thing. your primary reason for going into the Navy? You wanted to explore the world. I did. I am a traveler. I've been. I've backpacked across Europe. I have been all across like the the US. Like my next trip, I plan on taking a cruise. I've never taken a cruise anywhere. So I want to take a cruise somewhere. And um the next international trip will be hopefully to either Spain or Africa. So, so yeah, so that cruise will be the first time on the boat since you was listed. Right, right. And then and I'm like, y'all, I get to like just chill. Like I don't have to do no work. <laughs> Like you are gonna be serving wow. me. Wow! Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, you ain't working. You enjoying yourself? I know that could, that's probably an experience. I mean, and then like um, you enjoy traveling. I know you probably be like, man, I, I shouldn't have left the navy, but I had to leave. Did it come deal with you? Deal with you civilians and just. I do more traveling now as a civilian than I ever did while I was in the military. Oh, okay. And I get to travel in the way that I want versus like in the military, you have like rules and stipulations and you can only go here, you can only go there, you can do, I can go wherever I want. I can do whatever I want and I can be as free as I want and I enjoy it. And it's and like, I've learned from traveling, it's not as expensive to travel as people make it seem like it is. Like you can get a really, really good trip for like under $1,500. Like yeah. you get a round trip somewhere international at that. And... I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you as a person that 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 likes nature, and you you basically the way that Tennessee is located is basically the middle of the country. A lot of people right. may not realize it. Um, Nashville, Nashville, I know is like the truckers' hub. Um, so I know Memphis is not too far. It's a couple hours away. Right, so, like three, I think. Would you Would you prefer? Driving, if you had, was in an RV, would you just drive across the country and just enjoy nature, or you'll fly to your destination? I want to do both. <laughs> I want to do both. Like, and I, I, I plan on doing both. Like, I want to do the RV thing when I get once I get my warehouses established, and once I'm making me a cool meal like a month and got my money good going with the warehouse and logistics company and then i'm gonna buy me an rv give me a double decker nice nice rv and a driver because i can't drive i'll get a driver <laughs> <laughs> and we, i'm just gonna hit everywhere i'm gonna go everywhere me my sister my nephew we're just gonna hit the country just go all over the place and yeah i, I, I noticed i noticed that when you said two warehouses you used a lot of strategy and where they would be placed right pacific northwest and arkansas um, Arkansas is a very interesting place. You you must have been there before. 
Um, well, Mississippi, well, where I am in Memphis, I'm probably like across the bridge, like 20 minutes away from Arkansas. Like it's right there. Yeah. And the the industry that I was planning on getting in, I was planning on, I'm probably going to wind up changing, but I was going to get into either the THC and tobacco industry or probably do something completely. But we just link on Arkansas. Like I can open a warehouse up there and get merchandise, get products, get all types of stuff going on up yeah. there versus down here in Memphis where it's not fully legal. At least CBD I can do something with versus in Seattle, it's completely legal. <laughs> and then you have the seaports. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like I have to have like the seaport so I, because like my business, I want to have boats. I want to have trains. I want to have planes. I want to have trucks. I want to have it all because I want to make a million a month. And I know that I can do that. So I want to, um, I just got to go to school and meet the right people and network at this point because I have a plan. It's just. Yeah. Then, and then even, even, even you understand the access to with having the strategic areas in these cities is having a hub, having, like you said, a, a access to the seas access to air air uh, airplanes and because you go some places they don't even have airports within 200 right. miles and you want to be in those areas where you easy access to your warehouse as well that's that's interesting um and it sounds it sounds really exciting and you come off explaining your vision i always say that if you have a dream if you don't believe in your dream how are other people gonna be believing in it you know what i mean like exactly People exactly. be people be saying, okay, I got dreams, I got I got things I want to do, and they'll have no enthusiasm behind it. They don't even try to sell it. And it's like, um, you know, I know that you you you're real enthused about it. So I, I need a I need a deadline on this book. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <sighs> the next time you come on <laughs> this show, now you'll be on the poetry corner again, hopefully yeah. soon. But the next time you come on this show, you're gonna this gonna be your book release show. Like, yo, it's coming out this week. You got to make How a How about the next time I come, I will have the book at least typed out <laughs> with, like, a manuscript ready. How yeah. I got to do that. I can do a manuscript. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure you, you you know, you you on a computer a lot messing around with school. Well, I am now, but I'm not as technologically, like, intelligent as most. <laughs> you get you one um, of these. I'm telling you, they got them little pocket recorders. Yeah. And you could just be in the middle, just whip your recorder out and just start talking to your recorder and then play back what you're saying. Next thing you know, you got chapter one done in your introduction. And then most of your book is going to be your poetry. Mm-hmm. I just and, um, need to find, I don't know how to do like the publishing portion either. Like, how do I find a publisher? How do I find, like, I know who's going to do the art for the book. I know somebody. I know somebody. I got you. You know, a publisher. I know somebody. Okay. I got you. Okay, that's, that's what we're gonna work I, on. I'm lost in that. <laughs> that's what we're gonna work. On. Well, Blue, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss and tell us um, about the Blue King? Well, I definitely want everybody to follow me on Linktree or follow me on my Linktree. It is sports or backslash. Oh, it's crazy because I found you quicker, which was interesting because we was friends on Facebook, but I found you quicker on TikTok. Than Instagram, and that was that was weird because I because I had lost my TikTok account and I had to get a new one, so I'm looking for people and I'm like, oh, sh- you popped up. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That was perfect, yes, perfect time. Yes, 
because I worked so hard it's on my TikTok account. Like that is the most to get the views on there. Like, well, you so know, hard. you know, you know what's funny is that um, one thing about the views and a lot of people don't understand is that you just really. I'm not the master of none of this stuff. I only follow people that have bigger channels, bigger viewership. All you gotta do is just get somebody to like your stuff. One person. If I'm if I'm looking at your 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 TikTok, I know you. All I gotta do is watch it and press like. How hard is that? That's not hard. It's not you're not bending my wrist, and that allows you the algorithms, as we always say, to trigger and. It allows you to continue and, and grow and get, get seen. I mean, I think that should be easy for all of us to do. But for some of us, it's kind of hard. So Why? Like, I have, like, a person on that page now who was, she's only been on TikTok for, like, three months. And she has, like, 10,000 followers. I'm like, how? How do you do I post, like, every day. <laughs> Just, but thank well, you for your support. I well, you know, the, you, know, you know the craziest thing, Blue, is that TikTok is a little different than... um. The other things like YouTube and Facebook, and I explained. I'll explain to you about TikTok. I know something. I know a little bit about more about TikTok. Please explain to me than the other I'm, ones. I'm still relatively new to the whole process. <laughs> well, Blue, stay on. We're gonna mm-hmm. close out, and I'm gonna talk to you about some other things. And um, you know, really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate your time. I know that you're an hour behind me, so yes, <laughs> you know, I, like I said, I really appreciate it, and um. Really, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. Anytime. The Poetry Corner.